there's there's literally like you you could have locked me in a room for 15 years and I wouldn't have been able to come up with something as dumb as being afraid of the sound of tortilla chips. And the whole time I'm talking about my thing, which is really cool, you're like, oh, this is boring. I'm <laughs> done with this yet. I need more time to talk about chips and being afraid of chickens and stuff. <laughs> As always, we want to thank our sponsor, the Norden Group of Salt Lake City. Why do portfolios of large institutions, endowments, and pensions look so different than the portfolios of high net worth individuals and families? The philosophy at the Norden Group is that you should invest your portfolio like an institution. This approach leads to complete transparency. Some key questions to ask yourself. What do I really own? How much am I paying in fees? What costs am I paying that are not disclosed? Would I be better off in a low-cost index fund? At the Norden Group, we conduct what is called a portfolio audit, which can help reveal these and other important details. Call us to set up your appointment. And as always, if you folks have you know seven or eight figures worth of investable wealth, um, these are the guys that you want in your corner. These are honest, ethical professionals who can help you at every step along the way. Uh, they're the allies that you need on your side. Investment advisor services offered through Townsquare Capital LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. SEC registration does not constitute an endorsement of the firm by the commission, nor does it indicate that the advisor has attained a particular level of skill or ability. Townsquare is not affiliated with any other named entity. So if you've listened to the other episode that came out today, you will know that um, we're recording outside. Again, Dan's not feeling well. I don't want to get anything. We're sitting far apart on a picnic table here. There will be more noise in the background than we would like to have. You might hear the wind blowing and the leaves rustling. On the upside, we're hoping it's less echoey. So I don't know if on net it'll be a um, you know a win or a loss for us, but um, we are not going to mention the B word on this podcast. Uh, we, in the interest of really trying to practice what we preach, it is the off season and it's time to think about and do other things for just a minute. Um, we did have to mention the B word on the last episode where we did the awards. Um, so it is a technicality. We're doing this as a separate episode so we can come through on our promise. Um, I don't know what Dan's going to talk about and he doesn't know what I'm going to talk about. And I don't know if either of them will be interesting, um, but we're going to, we're going to give it a shot. Okay. Probably not. No, there's one thing that I was going to mention during the last one that I forgot to. So I'm going to mention it this one, but since it doesn't have to do with the B word necessarily, I think I'm okay to mention it. Okay. Um, Amy Larkin is actually going to be doing a running group for the girls and maybe a couple simps that want to join in. But did you just use the word simp Dan? I, Should we start like using as much Gen Z slang as we can? Yeah. Okay. But it, it, yeah, it sounds super cool. It's going to begin in November and you'll get, we'll get more details out about it soon, but I think it's going to be like Mondays right after school and they go to a park and kind of have a course so people can run at their own pace and and it's going to be done so like it, it, you start off appropriately at appropriate paces and so forth and um i think it's just an awesome idea and opportunity so um cool better than the way you described it though it's 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 giving cringe wait what i don't know i'm trying to do the gen z so if anybody born after 2005 heard that and wants to comment on our gen z fluency let me know I think I technically fall into that group, but um, yeah, some of you disagree. Uh, yeah, so no more mention of, of the B word or exercise or anything else like well, this that. Is, this is our non-B right? episode. There you go. Um, I, I guess I, I, I'll let you go first, Dan. 
What what have you prepared for me? Or do you want me to go first? Oh, I wanted you to go first. I can go first. Okay, so this is... Um, and we have no idea what each other prepared. Right, which is probably a bad idea. If, if it's, But if I know Joe, it probably has to do with something about like either languages, because he's really into languages, even though only he speaks one. Barely. And um, I speak like 75% of a language in geography. So no, it's, it's not either of those. It's, it's close. It's, it's, it's nerdy. Um, and it's, and I should start by saying like, I am not a scientist. I think we've made that clear. So um, if I sound scientifically illiterate, while I try to talk about this, it's because I am, but I'd, I'd like to start with a very basic question for you, Dan, and this is a little existential, but how big are you? How big am I? I am six foot one. Okay. And something pounds. A lot, right? A lot, yeah. Okay, there we go. There's my joke. Um, uh, do you think in the grand scheme of things, you are relatively large or relatively small on like the scale of the universe? Okay. Um, compared, yeah, probably I would say I am... Boy, I'm, I'm right in the middle, I think. Right in the middle. So that's interesting. I don't know if there's like an answer to that question and I, and I can't figure it out but I would like to talk today about a really cool project that somebody did um, let me pull it up here it's it's been released as an application that you can buy at least on the Apple App Store I don't know that it's available on the Android Store I'd imagine that it is and I think I, I may have shown this to you at some point in the past but it's called the scale of the universe and it was created by um, uh, Carrie and Michael Wang um, and it is one of the craziest, coolest things I've ever seen. I think I paid three or four dollars for it. Um, and it's essentially kind of a presentation that puts your size um, in comparison to everything else in the universe. Um, have I showed you this before? Yeah, I think you have. I th but it was a while ago. It was and, cool. and so I'm going to say, like, I will do my best to explain this, but you, you really probably should um, go, go and buy it and check it out. Um, and it starts with, with a human that's about 1.7 meters tall. This is going to be all, all in meters for you folks. Um, if you are uh, uh, only uh, familiar with the uh, imperial system, a meter is about, about three feet, roughly, we'll say. Um, and I'm going to we'll kind of split everything down into um, meters, uh, centimeters, millimeters, and then kilometers and then other larger measurements here all right buckle up this is this is trippy so let, let's take a human like dan right you're roughly average like six ish feet tall um and we're going to start by going small and then we'll go large um i'd like you to picture a basketball okay basketball is about 24 centimeters across okay like everybody knows that's a standard you know like maybe a little bigger than the average head right take a basketball not not yours because your head's enormous um i can't i can't roast you for that because mine is too uh, because we unfortunately share genes, which sucks for me. Um, but yeah, so basketball, you know, if a human will say is, is around, you know, a meter and a half tall. Basketball is about 24 centimeters, right? And then go down to like an ant that's about four millimeters big, right? So everybody's like, really imagine how tiny an ant is and how big you would look to an ant, right? Um, and then I'd like you to go even smaller than that. So an ant is about four millimeters. And we're going to kind of get out of the measurements that people are comfortable dealing with here. I'm going to introduce something called a micrometer. Um, a micrometer is um, essentially, there, there are about a million, there well not about, there are exactly a million micrometers in one meter. Okay, so right, imagine like three Does anyone across. remember the micro machine man that spoke really fast on the commercials and talked about the micro machines really fast? He was like a fast talker. I think only people how, my age- How are, old? I was gonna say, I'm not, that's not ringing a bell for me. Yeah, if you remember um, the micro machine man, um, you're also old. I you're guess. also old. I there guess. you go. Um, you know. But yeah, 
a, a, a million micrometers in a millimeter, right? And this is where we're going to get less and less relatable as we get smaller. But if you look at look at your phone or your computer, the average, and again, I might be wrong in saying this, I believe the average LCD pixel is about 300 micrometers across, okay? Now, for comparison, an ant is four millimeters, all right? And a millimeter, you know, you've got about a thousand millimeters in a meter. We're talking a million micrometers in a meter, right? This is a lot smaller, but you can still, if you look very closely, you can still kind of almost see pixels. Or if there's like a drop of water on your phone screen, you can kind of see the pixels, right? So we go even smaller than that. Um, take a piece of paper. That piece of paper is about 150 micrometers thick. Okay, to give you an idea of how small we're dealing with here. And again, an LCD pixel is about 300 micrometers. So two pieces of paper is about an LCD pixel. If any computer or science people are listening to this and any of this is inaccurate, don't worry about it. It's just, that's not the point, right? Thickness of paper is about 150 micrometers. A human hair is about 100 micrometers thick. So just imagine, a human hair is a hundred of these units of measurement. Thick. Is that with or without gel? With or without gel, I don't know, it depends on whose hair probably, right? You know, like my hair is probably thicker than that. Yours is probably like three micrometers, right? Because you're old. Can we belabor the old thing or are we done with that? That's good. All right. um, incidentally, the human hair is uh, kind of shares the distinction that it is said that the smallest object that is visible to the healthy naked eye is also about a hundred micrometers. Right, so if you think the, the width of a of a hair is about as small as we can we can <coughs> see with our, our eyes unaided. And interestingly enough, I didn't actually know this, a human egg is about 120 micrometers. So if you have really good vision, theoretically, you should be able to see one, right? But then we're going to be even smaller than that. Getting down to a white blood cell, and I believe red blood cells are similarly sized. Those are 10 micrometers. Just imagine, we'll go back again. A human hair is 100 micrometers. A blood cell is, is 10 micrometers, right? And, and again, I, th I know a white blood cell, I think red blood cells are, are roughly similar. Um, and then going even smaller, this is interesting, a clay particle is about two micrometers. So even smaller, significantly smaller, a fraction of the size of a blood cell. And that's why clay has those interesting properties that it does that is so malleable and that water won't go through it and stuff. But if we go even smaller than that, at about two micro, well, actually this is, I'm, I have a really quick break about t um, about the same as a clay particle at two micrometers is also the e uh, an E. coli uh, bacteria mm. is about the same size, which I didn't realize, which gives you kind of an idea of how small they are, but you can still like see them really comfortably with a microscope, right? Um, going um, even smaller than that, we're going to introduce a new um, uh, measurement here, which is the nanometer. Now, in a, in a, in a nanometer, there are a billion nanometers in a meter, right? And if you know how big like a billion is, if you ever, I, I don't know if you've ever seen one of those things to illustrate how big a billion is. Like I saw somebody say one time that we kind of think there's like a jump from, oh, you jump from thousands to millions to billions, right? But the jump from a million to a billion is huge, right? Like I think, and I'm, these numbers might be off. It'll, it takes about 11 days to count to a million. If you wanted to count to a billion and finish today, I think you'd have to start sometime in the 80s. They're completely different. Like they are as, they're as, as you know, way bigger than, than we realize. And a nanometer, again, is one billion. They're one billion nanometers in a meter, right? So go eat way smaller. We're jumping down way down from E. coli to the hepatitis B virus is about 42 nanometers across. So, so we're getting really small, right? Like things that are infinitesimally small. And this is one of the really mo most interesting things. As far as I can tell, this is the smallest thing humans have ever made is like a transistor gate 
and if you're a nerd listening to this and there's a smaller thing humans have made, deal with it because we're going to pretend this is. Um, I don't know what transistors do, but they're like a computer thing, right? Like they're transistors in computers. We manufacture yeah, they them, right? they transist things. They so. transist, of, of course, right? <laughs> and they don't naturally occur, right? So like we're, we're making them. So there's about 25 nanometers is, is the smallest transistor gate. Um, going even smaller than that, we're going to get to a, a new uh, unit of measurement here, which is a which is a picometer or a picometer. And I believe there are, hang on, let me check. What is that number? 12 zeros. Is that a trillion? 12 zeros is a trillion, right? 13 digits. Yeah, it's a trillion. So there are a trillion picometers in one meter. And a, and a carbon atom is 340 of these, right? So we're getting down to atoms. And then this this tool, if you actually go, go and buy it, it breaks down um, how much smaller a proton is, which I didn't realize like a proton is way smaller than the size of a whole atom, right? Like the, the parts you always see like almost looks like a little solar system, the big red thing in the middle, yellow things floating around it. Like the sizes on those are completely off. These are tiny. And then it actually goes all the way down to lengths that are smaller than we can actually confirm like exist. Like they're supposedly What's like... What's the smallest we can actually measure or see with a, tel or with a so microscope? Those, those are very different. Those are entirely different. Um, the smallest that we can see with an electron microscope, I believe is... <clears throat> let me pull this up here really quick because those are totally different. It was actually... I wish I was smart because this would make it a much a different exercise for me. The smallest thing that we can detect is, I believe... Hang on, let me pull it up here really quick. I'm, op I'm opening up the tool. Okay, so the smallest thing visible to an electron microscope, so not just a visible microscope, but an electron microscope is about 50 picometers, okay? And let me confirm with my notes here. A carbon atom is about 340 picometers. So in my mind, this means that there are some atoms that we can kind of see with electron microscopes. Scientists, if I'm wrong in saying that, let the world know, but... Um, the smallest thing we can see is, is essentially that. And then you go smaller than that. And, and you know, this tool, like if you look at the slider bar here, we're not even, uh, we're like two thirds of the way there. Right. And this is Through where the magic like, of podcasting, you can look, this at the is, and, and this is the thing. It's so cool, but it's so hard to explain. And so I think you should go out and buy it for like three bucks or whatever, but you get all the way down and it'll show you like how big, like I saw a thing on PBS one time when I was a little kid about like string theory or like quantum mechanics, or like quantum foam or whatever. And the, like the smallest thing that it shows you here is called a Planck length, which is a theoretical unit of, of measurement that measures the amount of time it takes for light to travel one Planck in a vacuum. And a Planck is like, Let's see what it says. It is 0.0000000016 yoctometers, right? So we're talking about absolutely, absolutely tiny. So in that, you feel huge now, right? If you imagine, like, think about how long ago we were talking about ants, right? Like a human egg, right? Something that is can barely like comprehend how tiny it is and think how big you are, right? We're going to go the other way, and I promise this will be like shorter to go the other way. Oh, good. Shut up, Dan. Like that's the whole point of this podcast. If you don't want to listen, don't. You know, this isn't homework. You I know. have to listen. I'm you here. have to listen because I produce this for you. Um, but to go bigger than this, the the tool goes the other way as well. Um, where we go go back to our human being, right? We're saying you know one point seven meters. Um, uh, you know, like imagine uh, a Boeing seven forty seven. We're gonna jump ahead a little bit here, right? If you've ever flown a plane, Boeing seven forty seven absolutely massive, right? Like so 65 meters across is what this says on average. I don't know if there's variance in the lengths of 747s, but 65 meters, the Washington Monument, we saw this summer, mm -hmm. huge, right? That is 169 meters tall. It's the world's uh, tallest stone structure, okay. I believe. Uh, 169 meters going to, and this is interesting, an AM radio, uh, radio wavelength is a kilometer 
oh. uh, wide, like the wavelength is a kilometer, which is way bigger than I realized. Right? You think of what radio is hmm. being smaller, but I guess an AM w- radio wavelength is, and a kilometer is probably something you're more familiar with, right? You know, everybody kind of knows kilometers mm-hmm. a little while. Um, Mount Everest is about 8.8 kilometers okay. um, tall. Um, the state of Rhode Island is about 75 kilometers across, sure. right? So we're getting, we're getting gradually bigger here. The United States is about 4,200 kilometers across. So if you've ever driven across the country and you just know what an enormous distance that is, keep this in mind, okay? Um, Pluto, the former planet, um, uh, 2,300 kilometers across. Okay. Um, but, or I guess that's the diameter, but it's like a sphere, so it's kind of hard to compare it to the U.S., right? Um, Earth, they're saying the diameter is uh, tw- about, just a, just a slightly shy of like 13,000 uh, 13, kilometers. Jupiter, about 140,000 kilometers, right? So we're getting, think about everything you've ever known, the Earth, we just blew by that right there, right? Um, the sun is 1.4 million kilometers, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you could fit, let's see, it says, uh, let's see, they have like a, a size comparison here. Um, the sun is over 100 times larger in diameter than the earth, right? So think about that. Everything you've ever known that humanity has ever done, we're, we're talking a hundredth the size of the sun, right? Um, and then I'd, I'd point out, we're going to jump ahead a, a, a little bit here. The sun's not even a particularly large star. The largest star that we know of, it says here, v, uh, V.Y. Canis Majoris is, uh, is that... Three, three billion kilometers, they estimate, right? Hmm. So um, it would take our planet about 1,200 years to circle. Can you imagine getting sun. a tan from that sun? Right? See, there's still jokes going on yeah. here, right? But just imagine, like, this is like, just like the, 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 the scale, like our sun, you couldn't even see it next to this, right? Um, and, then, and then this is where we start getting into the really cool measurements here, and I promise I'm wrapping up. The, the, the measurement that I think this helps me understand is a light year. Um, and you might be familiar with this. Have you seen the pictures from the James Webb telescope that just went out? Are you familiar with the pillars of creation? Have you seen that picture before? No. It's those big orange, uh, like that big orange nebula. It's like the most famous space picture ever, right? I kind of imagine those were like a thousand times bigger than the earth or something. So uh, apparently those, you've, like um, I'll show you this kind of like, you've, you know what this picture is referring to, right? Go look this up. Have you not seen this? I haven't seen it. Oh my gosh, do you know anything? It doesn't have anything to do with bees, so. Anyway, those are 10 light years across. And I heard that number, I was like, oh, that's pretty big, but it's kind of lost on me. So a light year is the distance that light can travel in one year in a vacuum, right? Think about the speed of light. Um, That is 9.46 trillion kilometers, okay? So like, we, we talked about how big a million is compared to a billion. Now I think we're jumping another order of magnitude up to a trillion. How fast can like dust bunnies travel in a vacuum? How fast can a dust bunny travel in a vacuum is the dumbest question anybody <laughs> has ever answered. Because it, it's like vacuum cleaner. Uh. Oh, I thought you just picked like a random thing in like the vacuum of space. Oh, wow. I was I didn't even dumb myself down enough for your joke. How fast can they travel in a vacuum? How did you graduate from school, Dan? Like, did you learn anything? This is this no, is this I'm, is interesting. No, I'm making me. up for it right now. Keep going. Okay, no, but like so, like think about sort of light year, right? And this is where we have to jump ahead because you can't really. There aren't really like useful larger like mileage denominations than than like kilometer, right? Like mm-hmm. it doesn't kind of like it goes down on the other side easier than it goes up, right? And to say like to say like how far across the universe is in kilometers would be a number that there's not even a word for, right? So we're gonna start using light years here, right? So the, the pillars of creation, this giant nebula that, and go Google it. You you will have seen this picture before. Ten light years across. So imagine you're in the Millennium Falcon or some spaceship that can go 
uh, the speed of light, the fastest anything can go as far as physics, as we understand it, allows for, it take you 10 years to get from one end to the other, right? So the Milky Way, the galaxy that we are in, <laughs> I kind of imagine was like, oh, you got the solar system, you can almost see our solar system in the Milky Way. The Milky Way is 120,000 light years across. So if you were traveling the speed of light to get across our galaxy would take you 120,000 years. And I think by most estimates, modern humans have not existed for that long. Um, and then to get even even larger, like um, there are ga- like the largest galaxy that we know of is about five million light years across. And then as, as you go up, up and up, more how can and more, they more. measure this just by looking through a telescope? Okay, this is the fascinating thing. It's because you can you it's it's like carbon dating, right? Like you look at how much carbon deteriorates over time to tell some, how old something is. You can tell how long light's been moving towards you, essentially. And this is where. I'm not a scientist, right? And that's why they say, if a star is one light year away and you're looking at it from Earth, you're seeing what it looked like a year ago. You don't, we don't know what it looks like now because it, the light that shows us what it's looking like now is still traveling towards us, right? So the other, the most famous picture of all time, I think is the Hubble deep field, right? That you've seen before that just looks like a bunch of dots, right? That's basically Hubble taking a picture as far out as it possibly can, right? What it's capturing there is 12.7 billion light years away from us. And this is kind of lost to me that you look at the Hubble Deep Field, that is what that looked like 12.7 billion years ago. We don't know what it looks like now because that's how long it takes for the light to reach us. And the final measurement that they give you here for um, just to kind of make you feel tiny is how big the universe is. And the number that they estimate today is 93 trillion light years. And that blows my mind. So go go and buy this tool. Like it's it's like four bucks or something. And and like I love showing it to people because it's absolutely mind blowing. Um, and that was my see like twenty minutes. That's what I told you. Because you know, okay. we had five as a warm up. Fifteen. That's not bad. It seemed like more, but yeah. That's well, good. you know, if you're an incurious person, it would seem like that, Dan, wouldn't it? Um, is is there? Uh, um, is is what what, what I'd, I'd love to see what you know you've you've come up with here. Okay. Honestly, this was such a dilemma for me. I have prepared at least four different topics that I decided not to give. Um, and it, it, was, it was almost agonizing knowing what to talk about because I have a lot of other cool things I want to talk about, but I have to wait until our, our two-week rest is over. So, so first, um, first, I wanted to talk about how to, sur- how to survive a mountain lion attack. Okay, this is interesting because this pops up in the news every once in a while, like you know, like mountain lion attacks, trail run or whatever. There was one in Mill Creek not too long. Ago. Yeah, and that's what I that's what I had initially prepared to talk about. Okay, but I kind of decided, yeah, that's kind of bike related. It is, and it, wouldn't it be hilarious if like a week after we decide not to talk about mountain lion attacks, there's like oh. a mountain lion attack? Well, I've got one ready. Just to, I'm, I'm ready okay. just in case anyone ever wants to hear about that. Okay. Okay. The the second thing I wanted to talk about was is something called. Alectorophobia. Yeah, you want to look that up. Is it's there really someone named Alectora that scares people? Or? <laughs> yeah, look it up. And, and, you know, if that sounds like something that you might be interested in. What, what, is, it, what t- is it the fear of? You, got, you guys have to look it up. It's A-L-E-K-T-O-R-O-P-H-O-B-I-A. Okay. You don't have to look it up now. But And then I actually, then I started preparing one... <laughs> <laughs> 
do you have this? Is this like a call for help? I, I, don't, <laughs> I thought it was going to be like something like dirty or something. That's just kind of stupid, Dan. Like why, why is that? Why is there a name for that? I don't know. I just, oh, I feel it, bad saying that because like the CDC, what if, oh, the CDC has an argue. Oh, okay. I didn't mean if you have this, I'm sorry. There's, it's a real thing. I thought this was a joke. Yeah, it's apparently more. Common. I want to read. I would. I want you can to read. Can I read just the first line on Google here? It's yeah, from, it's from the Cleveland Clinic. Alectorophobia is an intense, uncontrollable fear of chickens. <laughs> I thought we'd be so rad to do a whole episode on that. Just like an incredibly insensitive. I'm, I'm I know, sure. But, then I'm, like, but that's what I kind of thought. I'm like, what if someone? What is if an somebody alec- has this? And then an like, alectorophobic. Like, because here's the thing: it's not a joke to them, right? Yeah. Like, could you call them a chicken? Because that would be really weird. <laughs> oh, so, my gosh. Um, so hopefully we didn't just offend anybody there. Oh, so man. then I thought about doing it on sneezing because I thought that would be really interesting. So hang on. You're like, what? hang on. Just a sec. I'm talking about like the scale of the universe and like the grandiosity of creation. And you're over here like, so sneezing is what happens when you get dust in your nose. Okay, your turn, Joe. Is that what you wanted me to go first? <laughs> Well, yeah, I guess I I don't know. I wow. wanted to benefit from low expectations. Okay, so this know. is we were, on, we so, were on a roller coaster. Here. And then, and then the next topic I was was preparing on is the blubber fish. So, but what I what I actually ended up on, okay, it's hopefully better than that, is misophonia. Are you familiar with that? Misophonia. So I'm, I'm taking that word, like understanding words around, or understand is phone, phone is like sound, phonics. Yeah, actually. Misa, yeah. Like you, not speaking and, correctly. So, and, and a guy I know actually did a podcast on this recently that I was just remembering. It was just really fascinating. This is actually something I suffer from. It's, it's something that I, I'm very familiar with personally. So that's why I thought it might be interesting to talk about. Is this like an actual diagnosed medical condition? So that's a good question. It's, um, it's not actually recognized as a, as a disorder. Okay. But there are several societies that, um, like there's a misophonia association. There's, um, an international organization. They actually, um, the Misophonia Association, they're based in Oregon and they hold, they annually hold a convention that we might want to look into attending. Okay, so, so moving forward, how much can I make jokes about this? Um, is this, is this not a jokey topic or is this a jokey topic? It's, it's an interesting topic. Okay. All right. I'll, I'll try to be so, sensitive. Okay. So anyhow, misophonia is a disorder which certain sounds trigger emotional or or psychological responses that some might perceive as unreasonable given the circumstance. So basically, it's a disorder where certain noises really, really, it's it's more than annoy people. It actually, um, if you have, if you have misophonia and you hear these certain trigger sounds, it induces rage, anger, hatred, panic, fear, and emotional distress. It basically, um, it, it basically triggers the same part of your brain that, um, reacts to like a life threatening situation. So when you say sound, are we talking like letter sounds like, like TH or are we talking like the sound of a, of a door closing? Like what's, when you say sound, what do you mean? So they're actually trigger sounds and, and, and every person that kind of suffers from this has different trigger sounds, but some of the common ones are like oral sounds, like, like sound, chewing, like chewing is a really common one, like chewing gum. Like some people just can't be around other people chewing gum. 
Oh, well, I apologize to any misophones who are around me because I chew a lot of gum. Yeah. Um, swallowing, uh, tapping, like a lot of them are really bothered by tapping. tapping. Yeah, tapping. Really? Um, a really common one was like utensil scraping on, on a plate. Because I would register that as like maybe an unpleasant noise. I wouldn't want to listen to that on, on playback for eight hours. But we're, so we're talking more than just like, oh, I don't, or like, like we say nails on the chalkboard, maybe even more than the typical response to that. Like a noise that is not unpleasant in and of itself, but that somebody's brain for some reason interprets as being something really terrifying. Exactly. It, it, um, some more are like, um, windshield wipers was an interesting one. Really? Yeah. That, that, I guess that sound just drives some people crazy, but yeah, it, it yeah. Cause there's, there's like a difference between like hearing a sound and just being annoyed and hearing a sound and just getting like angry or, or. Cause the noise is like, Oh, I want that to stop because it, it hurts. So it, like nails on a chalkboard like hurts, right? It physically doesn't feel good. And so you're like, Oh, I want that to stop. But this is something that like would trigger the same emotion that I would like when I see like a mountain light or something, right? Like something more than just annoyance is what yeah. you're saying. Yeah. And so this is something I kind of deal with and it's really strange because it's only a couple of certain things and that, um, and that like, I'm fine with people chewing gum. Okay. Um, I'm fine with like, I'm actually like, okay with nails on the chalkboard. Even that doesn't bother me as much as it, I mean, it bothers me, but so I think what that are bothers your noises so I can keep that information in my back pocket for unrelated <laughs> and virtuous reasons. Okay. So it's really interesting circumstances that kind of, okay. What, so there's two things that I really like in life. Well, there's a lot more than two things, but, okay. um, I really enjoy tortilla chips and I enjoy eating cereal. Okay. okay. I really enjoy those things, but the interesting thing are, those are my two things that there are trigger sounds for me. Okay. When, when I hear people eating tortilla chips and when I hear people eating cereal, it sometimes, and only sometimes can really trigger this. And I have to like leave the room or put in my earbuds or something or yeah, it's, um, and the, and the interesting thing about it is if, if I'm in a room with someone that's eating tortilla chips, okay, and I am also eating tortilla chips, then it's fine, okay? But if, if I'm in a room with someone eating tortilla chips and they're the only one eating tortilla chips, it drives me crazy and I have to leave the room. Okay, we'll be right back, folks. Hang on. I'm so sorry. You were saying? Oh, no. <laughs> Okay, he just went and grabbed a bag of tortilla chips and he's like starting to eat them right now. You were saying? <laughs> so, yeah, I, I totally, like seriously, if this happens, usually I'll just politely leave the room. When are and, you ever in a room with somebody and they just start eating tortilla chips and you don't also have the opportunity to be eating them? Like, describe the circumstances. You know, it doesn't happen very often, but if I were to start eating them with you, the sound wouldn't bother me at all. So he, so he pulls the bag away from me so I can't start eating him. And the same thing is with cereal. And I'm not going to go pour a bowl of cereal. That's too much work, but carry on. Yeah. So, so yeah, so there's, um, did I just derail you with my you, chip bit there? You totally just derailed me. Technically that's pretty cruel to do. So, I, I mean, do, do you deal like, with anything like that? Like, so like at work, there used to be a guy that used to work in the cubicle right over from mine. 
and he would always eat his lunch at his desk. Okay. And um, I would be working and he would start eating his lunch and he'd start like eating his carrots and he was, and he would like chomp and smack and just be really loud. And I seriously couldn't work. Really? Yeah. And so I actually ended up getting some of those noise counseling headphones, you know. And oh, like, okay. Yeah. So th- this is, if you are, if you have misophonia, it's, it's maybe milder that you're not feeling like you're in a life threatening situation there. That's just like debilitating in the sense that like it, you can't be super productive when it's going on. Yeah, it's. I or can't you could be productive. be productive if there's something annoying going on. This like I'm not going to hurt anybody that's eating tortilla chips. That would in front be of me. really funny. I'm I'm so sorry to be like you know be like like officers. What what causes? Like well, we can't confirm this, but there might have been tortilla chips involved. <laughs> okay, that yeah. is odd. Like, I'm, like, I mean, just for instance, like when like when you eat them, you chew them really loud. Thank you. Uh, but when Andrew eats them. The thing that bugs me about it is he chews really fast. His like chewing cadence is super, super fast. Well, I'd, I'd like to push back. Everybody eats tortilla chips loud. They're lo- like cereal is is loud. You cannot eat it quietly, right? Like, do I eat tortilla chips especially loud? I, th- I think you're fine. I think okay. I think you're right. Everyone does it loud. That's true. And Andrew does. That is that's weird. And the funny thing is, really Andrew fast. doesn't listen to this. We can say whatever we want. Yeah, he chews really. He fast. He chews really fast. And so like if if. If I'm not enjoying the cereal with him, I have to leave the room. But if I'm eating the cereal too, it doesn't even bother me a bit. Wow, this is okay. This is, is actually this kind of useful information. Well, no, because it's like if you ever just like start going off about whatever training <coughs> thing you're reading about, I can just like <coughs> pour a bowl of cereal and then the, there'll be a timer on the amount of time you're going to spend bugging me. Um, no, but re- on a serious note, that, that must be pretty debilitating though. Like if there's like a fairly frequent, like, like a printer or something going, like I'm sure there's, there's like a noise you'd hear in an office all the time. That like makes it so you can't work in a lot of settings. Yeah, for, and for or you mine, it's drive mostly, in the rain for <clears throat> windshield wipers. Yeah, and for mine, it's mostly just just eating crunchy things really loud. You know, and like if I'm in a restaurant, it doesn't bother me because that's there's just like a lot of people doing it. But if it's just if I'm in a room alone with someone and they start eating tortilla chips, I'll go a little crazy and just have to leave the room. And huh. Should we do like a 5K for misophonia chip like awareness? <laughs> we really should. I think it's something that's <clears throat> that just doesn't d- get the attention that it deserves, really. Well, no, I'm serious. Like, like if you have really, I think that's something that should be recognized. You should be able to get like some kind of accommodations for that, you know, because that's not something you choose. I know, like you know? a special parking place or something. Like a special park that's like really far away from like, so like yours would, like you couldn't park, like where would you park at a Mexican restaurant then? <laughs> like, do you have like misophonia parking in the back or something? <laughs> Yeah. That is interesting. Okay. What was the uh, really like, where did you find this? What was the impetus for this particular? No, no. A buddy of mine, um, did a whole podcast on it a little while ago and he's, he's actually super funny. And he, um, he, he did like a little contest during his, and he did this gift basket that had like corn nuts and tortilla chips and all these other kind of things. And so that's kind of where huh. I got the idea to talk about that. So, okay. Well, this is interesting. I don't, if, if, you would like to hear Dan and I talk about more non-bike stuff, let us know. I'm suspicious that's not the case. I think we did pretty terrible. I think we did pretty terrible. It was, it was hard. It's really, because it's easy to choose topics within cycling, but if you exclude cycling, there are not a lot of things that I can talk about that are good to put on a podcast. But hopefully everyone's enjoying their their little break. They're getting some recovery in. and From, you know, from what? What are, we, what, are we, what are you talking about? 
you know. Don't, don't, no. Okay. We, we did this whole separate thing, so we wouldn't, uh, just, shh. Yeah, okay. you know, you know why. Anyway, if you'd, if you'd like to hear more random, or you know what, if people want to assign us random things to talk about, I am looking down the barrel of a long Utah winter. No, I Trying hate, to run a cycling podcast. Joe, I've got it covered. Trust Do you me. have it covered? Or are you just talking about like, what was it? The other was stupid, like sneezing and the fear of chickens or whatever. <laughs> like, not to be insensitive if you're actually, what was it? Al- Alectrophobia? I think so. Yeah. You think so. <laughs> Clearly didn't prepare very well. Um, as always, if you have any questions about uh, the fear of the sound of tortilla chips or your place in the universe, let us know. And uh, we, we, will, we will do a, a deeper dive. Um, uh, one more time, the app I was recommending is called The Scale of the Universe, and uh, I like Don Julio potato or potato <laughs> chips, corn chips. If you'd really like to drive Dan crazy, or no, what's that really good? What, what's not these? These are like mid, as the kids would say, as a callback to the earlier Gen Z mockery. What, what was that really good brand of uh, tortilla chips? Oh, Maria's or something. Yeah, like? something like that. Those were like Don good. Julio's are good though. They're fine. They're okay. He autographs the back of all his bags. Does he? Re- can we put yeah. that on eBay? Like, autographed by Don Julio? Is it actually? Hang yeah, on. Dude, check it out. <laughs> Through the magic of podcasting. Through the, yeah, check. <clears throat> all right. Don, Don himself signed these. Anyway, uh, as always, if you have any questions, you know where to send them, and enjoy uh, your uh, well-earned time off. Which will be over soon. Talk to you soon, folks.